Hey guys, it's Riley. Just a heads up, to focus on quality over quantity content, I'll be posting episodes once weekly on Wednesdays from here on out. In some ways, this means Woke Beauty is growing and business ownership, well, it's no joke. Who knows what's to come, but I think this cadence will suit all of us best for now. Thank you so much for supporting us. It means the world. Hi everyone, I'm Riley Blanks, your hostess and the creator of Woke Beauty, a storytelling platform reimagining the everyday act of self-celebration for and by all women. This show brings you unfiltered conversations with a dynamic myriad of female visionaries who have developed personal success despite trauma and hardship by leaning into grit and discernment. We explore the messy interwoven realities of mental health, holistic wellness, intricate family dynamics, racial complexity, and the exceptional discoveries that lead to fulfillment. This is our pledge to the power of resilience and the impact of perspective. Today's guest, Laulu Onabanjo, is a Nigerian-American travel blogger, model, and food connoisseur. She has visited 18 countries and boasts that the most equally expensive and cheapest thing she owns is a piece of paper from Tufts University that says she studied political science for four years. Laulu is passionate about mental health, physical well-being, feminism, fashion, culture, and, of course, food. Humility and charity keep her humble while food criticism keeps her busy. She currently hosts and produces a show, Girls vs. Food, where she converses with unique individuals about their path to success as a means of progressing their hobbies into a financially successful career. She believes if you take ownership over your life, you can live on your own terms. My full name is Olalua on a banjo, but I go by Laulu on a banjo. So beautiful. Why do you go by Laulu? Um, it's just what goes in the culture, honestly. Everyone who's called Olalua, they either go by Ola or they go by Laulu. So my mom decided to go with Laulu and we just it's stuck. It's, it's very common amongst men. It's a, it's a male name. It's like calling a girl John. So. <laughs> Yeah. Why did they choose that name for you? Um, so my mom has actually always, she always wanted a kid named Laulu. And um, even though it's a, it's a male name, but the circumstances surrounding my brother's birth, she actually wasn't able to name my brother. My dad named my brother. So, and he didn't know that my mom really, really wanted a kid named Laulu. So when I was born, she was like, well, you don't have a choice. <laughs> that's your name. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, yeah, so that's really, yeah. So every time I meet a Nigerian, they're always just like, wait, but isn't that a guy's name? And I'm like, yeah, it's my name now. <laughs> that's funny. My name actually, Riley, is historically a male name. It's Irish. It's kind of random. But it's become more commonly known as a as a female name. So, yeah, you know, the world's always changing. Yep, yep. always changing, always evolving. <laughs> So what does your name mean to you? Do you like your name? 
I love my name. I think, okay, so my name means a couple of different things to me and in general. So in the Nigerian culture, so my name is from the Yoruba tribe and it actually means um, the, the wealth of God, like God's wealth. Um, but I think there's that, there's that meaning to it. So for me, I'm just like, okay, well, I need to live up to that and be wealthy. So let's do that. <laughs> um, but also the fact that it's a, male, it's a male name and it's a name that every single time I meet someone from Nigeria who understands the language, they're just looking at me like, okay, that's a little strange that that's your name. So for me, it's always about, I think it's, it honestly defined me before I even stepped into that space of like definitely defining myself of like, okay, your life would just be one where you don't necessarily live according to other people's perception of what you should be doing, or you just pretty much define yourself, you know? Yeah. Your name is a guy's name. Yes. You're going to have to explain it a million times about how your mom decided to name you this name. But that also means in a way, like very recently I was just like, yeah, it just basically means that you know, I beat to my own drum and I don't live according to what society's norms are for people. Like I am not a person who's like, I'm not going to do these things because I'm a woman or I'm not going to do these things. I'm not going to go for these things. I'm going to go for whatever I want. And I think that's, that's really where it came down to it for me. So my name is very special to me because I'm just like, wow, even before I was born, it was already predetermined for me that yeah, that's going to be your life. You're going to be someone who just, who has their individuality and lives with it. Hmm. That's beautiful. I love that interpretation. Oh, thank you. So what do you think <laughs> makes you most individualistic? What makes you most Laulu? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's a, that's a big question. I think I'm still developing what makes me Laulu. Um, I think I'm still developing myself as an individual, but in recent times, it's been more so, well, I wouldn't even say recent times, ever since I was young, my mom always says that, you know, you can tell Lalu what to do, but Lalu's going to do what Lalu's going to do. <laughs> like, you can advise me what to do. And I've always been the person who always asked why. Okay, why do you want me to do this? Why should I do this? And I think that idea of asking why has really just been the definition of my life. Because whenever I hear the why, then I get to determine does this make sense to me for where I want to be, for who I want to be. Like growing up in Nigeria, I was surrounded by a very singular definition of who a woman is and what you're supposed to do. And I used to ask a lot of why. And the, the only answer people would give me was, well, because you're a woman. And I was like, that's not good enough for me. Sorry, can't do that. <laughs> and I think that's really what it boiled down to is just, my individuality really comes from asking why and saying, okay, is this reason that you've provided for me, does it fit into who I want to be? So if it doesn't fit in, I'm not, I'm not going to accept it. I'm going to try to understand where you're coming from for sure, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to accept it for my life. So I've really, I think as I've grown, gotten older, I've really developed this whole perception of ask questions to understand, but it doesn't necessarily mean, understanding doesn't mean acceptance, if that makes sense. Like I can understand where you're coming from, but mm -hmm. if it doesn't fit into my vision for my life, I don't have to accept it. I understand where you're coming from, but I don't have to accept it for my life. So really just being able to understand everyone, but also be able to pick what I fit, what fits into my vision for my life. I think that's what makes me an individual. So that idea of curiosity really. So you were born in Nigeria, Yep. Where in Nigeria were you born and how do you identify with that place now as an adult? Oof, you're asking the deep questions. <laughs> yeah, girl, <laughs> we're going there. 
<laughs> I was born in a city called Ibadan in Nigeria. And now as an adult, so I, now as an adult, I still identify immensely with the city. I mean, I lived there for 13 years of my life. Um, but I will say that because I haven't, I haven't been there in the past, what, 11 years or so. Um, while I identify with it as the place that raised me, and I, you know, people are always like, oh, I was born here, this place raised me. I was, I was raised in two different places is how I see it. I was raised in Brooklyn and I was also raised in Ibarra. Um, Ibarra was where I really developed my sense of who I am as a woman and who I want to be, if that makes sense. It was because I was surrounded constantly by really powerful women. And I was raised by my mom, my aunt, my grandmother, and my cousin all in the same house. And I was just, that was all I knew was women who just called the shots on their lives. And I never was surrounded by women who, you know, were not strong or women who were weak. I just, the, my whole perception of what a woman is, is a very strong person who's just like, dang, these people are bosses. And that's what I sought to live up to. So when I moved to Brooklyn, it was complete, it was a complete switch because then I was surrounded by women who were not calling the shots in their lives. But I had already been, I'd already been raised by that. My origin was surrounded by women who were really the bosses in their own lives. So I still identify with it because that's what made Lalu, honestly. But Brooklyn was what solidified that because I could have just assimilated into the whole okay, well, I'm just, I guess my life is just going to be docile, you know, which is nothing wrong with it, you know, if that's what you want. But because I had been surrounded by that, that's what I identify with the most. It's the place that raised me. I haven't been back in a lot of years, but being born there and being born into those circumstances really developed me into who I am today. How, so you're Nigerian American mm -hmm. and you've gone, you've lived culturally in really different places i mean austin compared to brooklyn is we're uh, <laughs> we're basically crossing waters there yep so how are you received how are you received differently in each place in brooklyn and in in austin yeah i assume those are the ones that are fresh most fresh in your memory yeah um how am I received in both places? Whew. Very differently. Um, I think in Brooklyn, I was I went to school with predominantly black and Hispanic kids. So like we didn't really have that. I mean, we only had one white kid in our school and we knew exactly who he was. <laughs> um, so we didn't have that whole, I didn't have to assimilate into certain cultures. I didn't have to like know how to speak a certain way or how to hold certain or how to have certain conversations. I just, I was just me. Well, I wasn't really me in all honesty because I was also an immigrant coming into a very different space. So I was assimilating into a different culture. And then when I moved to Boston, because I went to school in Boston, I went to a predominantly white school. I, that was where I really began to understand that, okay, there's a, there's a difference in perspective here. And that was when I realized, oh, when they talk about Black history, they're going to look at me to fill in the blanks. But I'm an immigrant. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to learn as much as you're trying to learn, too. 
And in, in then when I moved to Austin, it was completely different because when I moved to Austin, I was already an adult and I was still developing who I, who I was. I was still trying to figure that out. But in Austin, it's really very different because in Austin, it's more so you're in spaces where people are actively trying to make it known that they're reaching out to you as a black person, like, I see you that you're black and I'm white. Do you see me reaching out to you? And I was like, okay, all right, um, okay. <laughs> in Austin, it's very much more, I think because it's so, I've never been in a city like this before where it's very, there's a huge dichotomy. There's a huge division between the black, between black people and white people. And whenever white people are in spaces where black people are, they really, really try to make it known that, do you see me? That I see you? See me see you? But in New York, it's just, you mind your business. I mind my business. Okay, this has been great. Bye. Um, I, like I was having this conversation recently where I was like, in New York, for me, from my experience, racism was more under the radar. It was more covered. It was more, oh, let me do it with political correct, correctness. In Austin, it's very in your face. They will tell you straight from my experience, it's very straight up. Nope, I do not like you because you're black. And that's all there is to it. Oh, but I am white. I am not racist. Let me show you how I'm not racist. So it's been very interesting to be seen, to be received as that. It's like, okay, I'm not going to be your token black friend. Let's make sure that's very clear. I need you to also see me, all of me, and not like me as in, let me use you to prove that I'm not racist. So it's been very, very mm -hmm. interesting. Also because I'm not from here. I haven't lived here for very long. And the only time, and I always hear black people in Austin talk about how different it is now, but I didn't know Austin from when black people were everywhere, you know? I live in, in pretty much like central, central Austin, if that's a thing, central Austin. Um, but I'm constantly surrounded by white people, very predominantly and it didn't hit me until like I was working in Austin and I was just thinking to myself wow I'm working in a place that constantly they're hiring black people they're hiring people of color but we're not received we're so we're it's so much as let's just put them in there so people can see that we're not racist but we're also not going to make it comfortable for them to stay so it's been very very interesting to have to create your own space where you're actually making space for yourself and a space that's comfortable for yourself and for other people as well. So yeah, very, very mm. different. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've heard it said they'll hire me, but they won't invite me to happy hour. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, the, yeah. yep, that's so, the phrase. That's yeah. The so it's hard to really get close to the culture of the company when yep. the culture of yourself is not accepted right. or embraced or seen. I think it's really interesting that you, yeah, that you have that perspective because so much of it is relativity mm -hmm. and it's also interesting it's interesting to hear it said by us and then to hear it said by white people like white people think it's so liberal here and so like if anything goes wrong they're like what not in austin you know it's so progressive yeah and yeah. uh the progressiveness doesn't always have to do with racism like they don't always mm -hmm. go hand mm -hmm. in hand mm -hmm. yeah. um yeah or ignorance or whatever. So yeah, I feel like oftentimes the definitions of these words are lost. Um, but also some people are comparing central Austin to round rock, you know what I mean? Exactly. Or, um, yeah. And so 
it's it's just it's it's crazy fascinating um i love what you said about just kind of like the difference the difference in going to school in in boston versus brooklyn um and how you become like a token example mm-hmm. but you can't be an example because <laughs> Because our race is so much more diverse than yep, they think it yep, is, yep. you know, um, and and so and they might not even realize that distinction, mm-hmm. which should probably also be a part of their education. <laughs> um, goodness, yeah. So, how I guess like you kind of explained how people see you moving in these different spaces. Do you look at yourself differently when you operate in different spaces? Like if you're around people who share in your experience, whether they're Nigerian American or have just lived across the globe, do you feel a different kind of connection? Or if like you step outside and you look at yourself, do you see a different Lalu? Um, no, I don't. And I think that's because I've had that phase of being a different person to fit into a different crowd. Um, moving here as an immigrant, when I moved, when I started school, it was constantly, oh my goodness, like I have to be this specific Laulu to fit into this crowd in school, you know, so I'm not considered the immigrant. I'm just, you know, one of the, one of the kids. And then when I got into college, it went in a prominent white college and I was in this prominent white space was, oh my gosh, like, I need to be this person and assimilate. It was basically like I was trying to be a chameleon and just fit into wherever was needed and just code switch. I mean, we all code switch and just like code switch. And I have now become, thankfully, really rooted in who I am that I don't feel the need or even the, I don't even have the ability anymore to be in a space and I have to make you feel comfortable by changing who I am. I'm just there. If I relate, like I relate to different people on different levels. Like there are some Nigerians that I don't even relate to on so many levels because that's also a, a that's also a diverse group as well. Um, so it's really for me now all about just like individual relatability. So how can I, do I relate with you on different experiences? Is it travel? Is it background? Is it where we grew up? Is it mental health? Like so many different things that I can relate with people on. And if I can relate with you on anything, oh, well, this has been nice. Goodbye. <laughs> but for me, it's so much more, it's just different. I've really become so, so comfortable in myself and in knowing who I am. And that was something that was very important to me is who am I and how can I be comfortable in who I am? So when I know that, spaces that do not allow me to be myself, I've literally removed myself from those spaces. But if I'm around people that I have to change who I am in order to make you feel comfortable, I'm going to leave. And that's just because I know that I don't come into spaces expecting you to relate to every single part of who I am, but there has to be relatability enough for both of us to feel comfortable and not have to change who we are in order for someone else to feel comfortable. So I think that really came from the fact that I've already had those experiences of just changing to fit into different spaces and then looking back in. Because for me, I'm kind of the person that like, if I'm changing myself so much, I'm going to get lost. So I just need to find who I am, stick to it, and you either accept that or you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. Um, and that, that's just what it is. Like we can compromise on a lot of things, but changing myself to fit into your space is not one of those things. 
it's just not mm-hmm. it's not worth it in my opinion <laughs> so it's common to kind of go more surface and mm. to look at the way someone looks and to analyze whether it's like yourself and that's your connector mm-hmm. um or if or if you're from the same place right we kind of tether ourselves to these like sort of like basic paperwork mm. type um, characteristics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think in part, it's because a lot of people don't know who they are. Exactly. So how did you figure out who you are? <laughs> What's the formula, Laulu? I don't you're know. You're young, right? How old are you? Like, I'm, I'm how old are you? Like, tell us how old you are. I'm 24. Right. You're a child. I'm an infant. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're I'm, not a child. I'm a child. Um, so <laughs> if you live to a hundred, you're like, not even a quarter of the way there. So no. <laughs> I'm a child. How'd you find yourself so young? What, I, what, I think what was I'm that? I'm still in the process. I think I'm still in the process of finding myself. But I do think I have found who I want to be and who I am and just like who I'm developing to be. And I think it's just because I've, I was so lost for so long and so uncomfortable in being lost. Um, so when I, so it really honestly started when I went away for college. I really, because all my life I had really lived for other people, you know, go to this school because the parents want you to go to this school, create this career path because that's what will sound good to other people. And I really never had any opportunity to actually think to myself, what do I like? And it wasn't until I was, I went to college and I just, someone just told me it was my AP English, pre-AP English teacher in high school. And she just said, you know, what do you like to do? And I couldn't answer. And I was like, uh, I guess I like to read. And she was like, but like, what do you like to do? Like, what would you like to do? And I said, I would like to make money. And that was the only answer I had because I, to me, it was just, that's the only solution to all problems. I didn't even know, okay, there are different avenues to doing what you can do. Like you can like what you do. So when I, I was just like, and she told me, she said, she said, you might need to like go away for college to find who you are. And I went away, I went far away from home. I went to college and I really was very lost. I had no clue what I liked. Like not even a single clue of like, these are the type of books I like to read or these are the type of movies I like to watch. Like I had no clue what I even was passionate about or what I liked because passion, likes, those things were not a thing that I ever considered. It was always about what's the end goal you're going to make yourself like it. And then I went away to Hong Kong where I started abroad. And it was the very first time that I was truly, truly just by myself. And they, every single question was always, okay, what do you want to do today? Okay, where do you want to go? It was always about what do you, 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 like I was the center of every decision. And that was the very first time I thought to myself, wow, I'm actually happy. Is this what happiness actually feels like to other people? And it was such a strange feeling because it was just continuous. Like every month I was just like, oh, wow. I'm actually like, it was a different kind of peace that I didn't even like know. So I I became a little obsessed with that feeling. And I thought to myself, I want to chase more of this. Like this is how I want to feel every day. And that was pretty much when it started was I came back to the U.S. and it just essentially became a thing of trial and error. Whatever I so much was interested in, I would just pursue it. And then I would think to myself, okay, let's give it all we have. Okay, 
why are we doing this? Are we doing this for us or are we doing this for someone else? And it just became a thing of like, that became like the deciding factor. Who are we doing this for? For myself or for someone else? For myself or for someone else? And that's really what it boiled down to was, again, like I said, that whole idea of like creating a space that's comfortable for me and for people around me. That's really what it boiled down to was, I want to preserve this feeling, this feeling of fulfillment, this feeling of happiness. So if I have to take risks, travel, do whatever I need to do, jump out of my comfort zone in order to preserve that feeling, in order to grow that feeling of waking up every day and being at peace with what I'm doing, I'm going to do it. And I just, and that's what it really just boiled down to was taking that big risk and just feeling happy and just saying, okay, I know what it feels like to be myself. I know what it feels like when I'm comfortable. I want to keep feeling that way. So analyze, okay, we're not feeling that way right now. Why is that? What can we change? Yeah, I think that's really what it is. <laughs> I think if there was a formula for me, that's that would be the mm. formula. <laughs> that your trip to Hong Kong really resonated with me and you explained it so beautifully. And I know what you mean because... I, I went on a solo trip to Europe a couple of years ago. And of course, I had to cram like six countries in a two weeks, which was just like so much. But there were just I couldn't pick. There were so many places I wanted to see and things I wanted to do. And I found myself feeling the same way. Like I remember I was just like sitting on a bench in London and I was like, wow, I can do whatever I want right now. <laughs> like the entire itinerary is up to me. And it is crazy, like, how much those decisions define how you feel and what you see and what you want. And, you know, those kinds of things really speak to your identity. You know, you can look up the meaning of travel, obviously, and you'll find a definition. Um, If you could define travel, like if you could write it out, you know, like... The whoever owns dictionary.com came to and was like, Laulu, we need a fresh definition. What is the definition of travel? What would you say? What travel means to me is discovering other people and other places in a way that helps you discover yourself. And I think because that's really what I aim for every time I travel is I want to discover other people. I want to discover other people's stories. I want to discover the story behind a place. But at the same time, I also want to, I want their stories to influence a part of myself in helping me to discover another part of myself. Like I never want to leave a place and feel like, oh, I'm leaving the same way I came. There has to be something. I must have learned something about myself, taking a risk or, you know, have a, maybe a little shift in perspective about either myself or someone else or a different group, there has to be something that I can take away and that has added to me. So that to me is like the definition of travel is going somewhere else to discover other people or another place, but also having that influence you in discovering yourself. And I always feel like discovering yourself Mm -hmm. is a 
continuous process. It never ends. You never get to a point, in my opinion, where you're just like, yes, I am done discovering myself. It's done now. The end. No, you're always discovering something else. You're always discovering something new. It could be as literal as, oh, now I found out that I like to eat this type of food. Or, oh my goodness, now I found out that I like to talk to this type of, like, I just talk in this certain way for however long or whatever. But there has to be something, right? Or it could just be something that you're taking back with you. Maybe you had a mental block or something like that. And then you leave that place feeling a different way. There just has to be something that you're taking away from a place. It could be as big as a, this huge discovery about yourself in a way that really just changes you, some eat, pray, love type of situation. Or it could just be as small as, oh, I guess Mexican food is actually pretty great if it's not, you know, Tex-Mex or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it could be as little or as big as that. And But it has to be something that you're discovering. And I just think that's why for me, it's not necessarily so much as, oh, you need to hop on a plane and go somewhere. You could literally just drive around your city, go to like, I don't know, somewhere you haven't been to in your state and just discover another part of yourself. You just have to have that open, that open perspective to accepting, to accepting things and to accepting things about yourself and to just have an open mind about, okay, I'm going to accept things and I'm going to learn about myself because you could go, you can go to as many countries as you want, as many cities as you want, and it would have zero impact on your life. And to me, that's not travel. At that point, you're just, you're just spending time on planes. We're going to transition pretty aggressively. Okay. How is your life today? How are you navigating the pandemic, the revolution? Okay. <laughs> Um, I have to follow that up with a laugh because it just like tones it down yep. like slightly, you know, it, feel, it feels a little better because yeah. so much comes up for me. Um, yeah, it's just a really broad question that you can take anywhere you want. What, what is your life like right now? How are you feeling? I'm feeling, I'm feeling challenged, I would say in a good, and I say challenged in like a good and a bad way. Um, I think. We're in a very unpre unprecedented time. Like no one ever saw this, any of this coming. At least I didn't. Um, and it seemed like we were all going, like I was going to 2020 and I was like, I have my 2020 vision on, you know, I had my schedule all planned out and it was just, I was like, I'm by the theme. same. Honestly. <laughs> I had, a, I made a mood board for the first time since I was like, you know, in college, just like beautiful mood board. Oh my goodness. Fail. Fail. <laughs> it was just like, we were all doing all of this, like. 2020 is with my 2020 vision and the universe just laughed at all of us. And I really, it was just, it was that, it was like every single time when you just be like, okay, maybe I might be getting my food in now, bam, something else happens and you just completely lose it again. So I really just, so today I just said, now we're in July. We're in like what month four or five of staying at home month two or three of protesting. And I'm really just in the space of, all right, how can I keep, what am I going, like, at the end of the day, what do I want to take out of this? What am I keeping for myself? And what am I, how am I going to keep going? Like, how am I going to continue to fight for the things that are important? What are the things that, like from the pandemic on the health side, what are the things that I want to take out of this? Like, how am I actually contributing to the community, to the community around me? What are the conversations that I'm going to have for myself, for my business? What are the things that this pandemic has really enhanced that I didn't wasn't paying attention to before? For example, it really enhanced 
the fact that I had zero plan B or plan C for a lot of parts of my life. And I was like, oh, snap, that's not great. Or the fact that I was so focused on myself in so many ways that I wasn't actually contributing to the community around me. It really just enhanced that. And I was like, okay, we can't do that anymore. And with protesting, it's all, it's also how am I, what are the conversations that I need to be having? What are the conversations that I have refused to have before? What are the things that need to change? Because for me now, it's just in five years, in six years, like for the next generation that's coming behind me, for my brother's kids, for my kids, what type of world do I want to create for them? And if they happen to so much as being the same world and nothing has changed, God forbid, by then, how am I going to navigate those conversations with them? How, what, are, what are my contributions to actually making a change? And I think before I, it was this whole big idea of I thought I was doing something, but it really wasn't, it wasn't a lot because I was so deeply entrenched in this whole idea of, you know, this has been going on for so long. How much can I really do? So I'm just going to do a little bit or like, and think that's enough, but no, you can always do more. There's always something else to do. And I think that's just where I am. So it's constantly being challenged to just say, okay, from this thing that's happening, how am I going to take long-term lessons from it and actually apply to my everyday life? Um, so yeah, I would say I'm feeling challenged, but challenged that's leading to me being rooted in who I am. Mm. I like that. Are there any like actionable things that you're doing that you can share? I know you, you're, um, you make sound on social media. <laughs> I love your sound. You make a beautiful sound, Lalu. I have never heard. Wait, what do you mean by that? You have to break it down to me. <laughs> um, no, me meaning like you're active, but you're not just you're not just like floating. Like a lot of influencers and bloggers, I feel like it's kind of just floating on the surface. Like, yeah, they post and they're involved, but they're not making sound, you know, there's no echo. And I, I like how, you know, you've been active and um, really locked in and focused on sharing resources um, in a way that also feels intimate to you and like how you think and how you feel, you know, mm. instead of just like pulling something from somewhere and throwing it out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so easy to do. It's very easy. Um, so yeah, I'm curious if you can like give us a little a little secret peek behind the curtain. Um, are there are there things that you're doing that you can share with, even within your own brand? I'd love to know kind of like if there's a way that this fits there too. So I do this thing called Girls versus Food on YouTube and IGTV, and that was something that really it was born from this from this whole idea of okay, how am I going to be making how am I contributing? How am I making long-term changes? And that's really where it came from was I just wanted to really expose people to different ideas. So, well, it started in the during the pandemic. That's where the whole idea was actually like, okay, let's, let me actually do this. And at the time, a lot of people had been losing their jobs and a lot of restaurants had closed down. So I really wanted something that merged both supporting restaurants local restaurants, but also in a way providing a different exposure to people. 
because a lot of people had lost their jobs, but a lot of these jobs were jobs that they were rooted in and they only thought that was their only option. And really having those conversations with people from different industries, really talk about their experiences of how they actually turn their passions into full-time careers, it really helped. It was something that I just said, okay, this is something I want to do because it could help someone out there, either who doesn't have a job or a recent graduate or anyone just thinks to themselves, okay, I'm not stuck. I don't have to be stuck in this situation that I'm in. There are different ways that I could still pull myself out of this. How am I going to pull myself out of this? Well, okay, I could watch this video of this person doing whatever they're doing and turning their passion into a career and actually making a living out of it. And what am I going to take from that to apply to my passion? And the very first episode that I did was about me. And I was just talking about like really in very raw times. Like if you, if you, people will know me very personally from when I was young and even till now, they will tell you I'm a very private person. You could be around me for 10 years or so and know very little about me because I really don't share much about myself at all. So really having the show where I actually constantly, but not, I don't constantly talk about myself, but every week there typically is a video here and there where I'm constantly talking about my mistakes, my journey. It's, it's hard, but at the same time, it's something that I just hope someone can relate to. And if they can't relate to me, hopefully you'll be able to relate to someone else who's done it, who's successful in their own path. And that's something that's very big for me is something that I'm doing. It's healing for me in a way, but I also hope it's providing resources for other people. And if they're very honest conversations, I really try as much as possible to make sure that we're not just like touching the surface, like you said, like we're going beneath the surface, like talking to an Olympian about what it feels like to be a black Olympian with a gold medal in, in the current state, like really delving into those hardcore conversations. Like what does it look like to fail over and over again in something that you actually thought you were good at, you know, and pulling yourself out of it and being successful? Like what, those conversations that no one really wants to have are the conversations that I want to have because we're done. We're just done looking at the surface level. I think we've done that for so long in order to make people feel comfortable. And I don't care about your comfortability anymore. I want us to have the real conversations. So (laughs) that is for me, that's something that's very big and in a way it's healing for me, but I will also say sometimes like I do certain videos and they really take a lot out of me because they're me facing and having public conversations about things that I never talked about with anyone before besides a therapist. And in those times, I just take a mental health break and really just journal, work out, you know, really take care of my physical, because I'm a strong believer that physical affects mental, you know, talking to people or just being very conscious about and being very intentional about how I'm spending my day. And that's really what it all comes down to. Now I look at every single thing that I do with a magnifying glass of intention Why are we doing this? How is this actually contributing to anything? Okay, there's a picture out there with this caption. Is this caption actually helping anyone? No? All right, well, there's no point. I'm not going to do it. Um, What work am I doing? Every single work that I'm doing, every single day, I really analyze my days in terms of how have I grown as a person and how am I helping someone else to grow? You have a massive blog filled with color and joy and food. (laughs) That I need to write on. How do you do that? <laughs> how did that blog happen? How, and how are you still, I feel like you're still pump, pumping out, you know, really beautiful content because you are. It's not just a feeling. Um, how have you kept it alive despite a pandemic? 
some of us have struggled, some of us have blossomed, some of us have quit altogether, others have developed, you know, new inventions. And I feel like you're in the camp of someone who's really um, thrived. And so I want to know your secrets. Um, it's funny you actually say that because I, I, yesterday I was writing a journal and I was really taking accountability on how I haven't written on my actual blog since late March. Um, and, but it was because I was so wrapped up in really every single day. I have to be very intentional about every single day. So like, how can I produce value today to someone else? How can I produce value today to someone else? Um, that I really neglected a blog because I was just like, okay, a blog can wait. Like I was so wrapped up in my blog is travel and food. And I was just like, well, that's not very helpful right now, but I could have used it in different ways. Um, so thank you for saying that. And I think for me, I, I think it just became like, just like I said, being intentional about what I wanted to take out of this time. Um, and be saying that when this time ends, hopefully when it ends, well, one part of it, which is the pandemic, that on the health side, what do I want to take out of this? I want to have really contributed positively to the community by having honest conversations that help people to see themselves through, through, my, through the, my lens, in a way, through the eyes of someone else. I really want it. I really, really want that. And I just... I think that's where it really all the boiled down to for me was, yes, did I have my hard moments? Of course. Like there's still days where I'm just like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to like be online. I don't want to be on social media. I don't, I don't want to do it. But then I remember my intention and I'm just like, okay, remember exactly what you wanted to take out of this when this is over. And that's just really what it came down to it for me was in those rough times, I just always point back to the, to that moment of intention and just saying, this is what I want to take out of this. So how am I going, what am I going to do today that's going to contribute to that? Is it that I need to take a mental health break and really check in with myself? Is that what I need to do today? And is that actually contributing to that intention of contributing positively to the community? If that's what I need, yes, then I'm going to take that day. But at the same time, it also helps me to say, okay, I took a day today that contributed tomorrow let's get back into it and actually be there for someone else and actually help someone to see themselves through either someone else or through myself. And is that like sharing my story? Is that sharing someone else's story? Is that like talking about a restaurant or sharing different ways that people could really cope in this time? And I think that's just what it, what it is. It's just being very intentional and I'm still working on it. Um, definitely working on it. I wouldn't say I'm thriving. <laughs> I would say I'm growing. But it's it's definitely so. Thank you for that. Um, but being being continuously intentional and more intentional than I was yesterday, and just saying, okay, it's okay to have like the it's okay to have those bad days. I mean, well, not bad days, quote unquote, but days that you're just not at a hundred percent. That's completely okay. And my thing is just if I'm not at a hundred percent, why am I not at a hundred percent? Let me analyze it and let me acknowledge it, so that tomorrow. We might not be at 100% tomorrow, but at least we'll maybe be at 80%. And, you know, we'll just develop on that. And just being kind to myself because I can't continuously beat myself up because we are going through a lot, <laughs> a lot. As a Black person in this time, we are going through a lot. And it's just all about being kind to myself, 
and being kind with my intention. Hmm. And what does your process look like? Like, how are you scheduling your days? Do you like batch things together? Are you more off the cuff? I definitely batch things. I'm, I, I, even before this happened, I'm, I've always realized that I don't like when it comes to content creation, I batch content creation. I'm not a, I'm not one of those people that like loves to do the same thing every day in terms of like, Oh, I'm going to create content today. And then I'm going to create content tomorrow. And then I'm going to create content the next day. No, I can't do that. I'm going to, I'm just going to pass out. It's not, it's not in my gene. Um, so I will have, so for me, what that looks like is this week is actually a pretty good example where I've created content almost every single day of this week, which no one has seen yet, but that means the next day you ever see me stand in front of a camera will probably be like next month or unless someone that I really love asks me to stand in front of a camera for work or something like that. But for myself, it's going to be a while. And so I batch content in that way. I batch content for my Instagram. I batch content for my social media pages. I batch content for my blog. Um, and that really is, but then again, it's always interesting because you can batch content, but because so many things are happening every day, I have to batch content in order not to feel anxious so that at the end of the day, if something is happening that I need to speak on, that I want to speak on, I can speak on that, but at the same time, not feel like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I have nothing to talk about tomorrow. I have nothing to talk about tomorrow because I'm a very, I'm, I'm someone who, once I have my eyes set on a certain goal, if for some reason I am slipping up, I get very anxious. And anxious Lalu is very unproductive Lalu. I would just sit there and just be anxious and just sit in my anxiety and not do anything. And then feel bad that I'm being anxious. So it's just not good for anyone. Um, so for me, batching content, creating content really helps me to just be like, okay, I have that figured out. Cool. We can move on to the next thing. So I batch content. I'll have just like maybe like a day or two days where I just create content back to back to back. Um, and then I literally work all day. And it could look like either today I'm batch, I'm creating content. And then tomorrow I'm working with clients. Um, some days I'm just in front of a computer. So having a planner is very key for me. I use a planner. I use a task management so software that just helps me to just have everything all like in front of my face and organized because that was something when the pandemic started, I wasn't very great at. I didn't have an intention when the pandemic started. I was pretty much like blown into this. Oh my goodness. My 2020 plan has completely just gone. All right. So for me, it just became a thing of, okay, this is our intention. And my planner, the planner that I use is called a Panda planner. It actually allows you to actually write your intention for the day. So my intention for the day has been the same for the past month since the beginning of June. And then I just make sure that everything that's in my day, everything that I'm doing is going back to that intention. So it's like right in front of my face. Um, and just being, what's the intention to contribute to community. Really? That's my intention. Mm -hmm. And to be kind to myself, to contribute to the community while being kind to myself. Um, and it just helps me to just like when I really write down the things that I'm doing for the day, I'm like, OK, well, this is not really contributing to that because it's right in front of my face. I can't avoid it. It's right there. So that's key to me. And there's certain things I'm just like, OK, this the conversation doesn't need to happen. It's not doing anything. I'm just, mm. I'm just having this conversation with this person for no reason. Like it's, it doesn't need to happen. Um, 
And it just really, really helps. It's like creating a vision board, but a daily vision board for yourself. So it's, it has been very helpful to me to do that and just being extremely organized in saying, okay, this week I'm going to create content. And then the next week, you probably will not see me outside because I will be stuck and glued to my laptop, working with clients, negotiating, pitching constantly. But in the same time, I can do that because I have worked to have this path, this part, this other part already set up. So being organized, I would say in like creating every single day and just working at it really. And it helps me a lot. It helps my mental state a lot when I have things organized and I'm able to like, okay, everything is kind of moving at its own pace. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you there. I use full focus planner and when I don't, it's uh it's interesting (laughs) (laughs) it's rough which does happen yeah i'm like yeah it's it's i don't know i've always been resistant because i'm a total free spirit so i feel like i'm not going with my organic rhythm by having a planner and it's like okay girl but your organic rhythm is all over the map so we gotta reel that that. in (laughs) yeah i feel that so much so how have you navigated love during uh oh my goodness this this unprecedented time uh are we talking okay i guess are we talking like platonic (laughs) and non-platonic love (laughs) it's up to you Um, your voice sounds not it does not sound platonic the way you're talking (laughs) how have i never but i i will let you choose um, I've just been very intentional. You know what? You know what? The moment I decided to be intentional was really where everything just went north and south in every part of my life, honestly. <laughs> I will say, until then, I was coasting. I was my free-spirited human being who was pretty much struggling. But I was like, no, la-di-da, everything will be fine. Everything will figure itself out in every part of my life. But the second I said to myself, I am going to be intentional with how I spend each day, I was just cutting things that were not benefiting me or adding value to my life. And it just made everything so clear. So I really took the same perspective into love and ended up breaking up with with someone. And it just, but it, it didn't even, I would say like, it wasn't, it was something that had to happen, but I was not intentional about it and I didn't have an I didn't have an intention so during the pandemic I was just like well it wasn't a pandemic it was right around um the protest and I was just like oh wow you gotta do better you gotta be more intentional about how you're spending your day and the second that clicked the second I made that decision I took the same approach into love and I was just like this is not really benefiting me there is no intention here so there is no point here. Okay, this has been this has been chill. This has been nice. Um, and it's just that. It's it's just what happened exactly. That's so everybody got quarantine bay and ended up probably been living with their quarantine bay for the past I don't know how long. I chose to stop and I was just like, the intention is not where it's benefiting me or contributing to what I actually want to take out of this moment. And yeah, that's been my love life. It's just, I am loving myself. <laughs> Being intentional about loving myself is how I've been navigating love 
in this pandemic. Mm, that's it right there. That's it. Coming from an engaged person, oh, I would take that as a compliment. <laughs> you can, yeah, you got to practice that no matter who you're with or who you're not yeah, with, you know? Yeah, yeah. So do you have a resource to share? Meaning a film, a podcast, a book, a person, someone or something that's just like deeply spoken to you over the past few months? Uh, besides the interviews that I've been doing on my YouTube channel, wink, wink. Um. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. We 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 got yeah. that in the show notes. Uh, for sure. uh, that's at the that's at the top of our list. <laughs> uh, some of that resource that's been very helpful to me has been uh, Octavia Butler. So she, I've honestly throughout this entire since March, I've been reading at least one of her book a month or rereading. She has the series Parable of the Sower, Parable of the Talent, Blood Child. I've really just been delving into her work because it's really quite interesting because it's like she was writing knowing exactly what was going on in 2020. Like there, the book Parable of the is it Talent or Sower, one of them, it really is set in a time when people are literally leaving their homes or their cities or whatever because of a health pandemic and no one is getting care from it and the government is falling apart and there's someone in government who doesn't care about people and people are killing themselves and everyone is just losing it. And it literally, it's like reading 2020, but she wrote it in 1996. So the relevance is uncanny. So it's really helps me to really be intentional. You know what? You know what? Now that I think about it, it was her book that I read and she said something about intention and boom, I decided to be intentional about everything. And her book really has been a huge resource to me. Also, I've been listening to uh, this podcast. I listened to this um, podcast this at the beginning of the pandemic. And that was the podcast that actually got the whole idea of what do you want to take out of this? I think it's the James Altucher show, I believe, I want to say. I'm not very sure. It's either the James Altucher show or Malcolm Gladwell's podcast. No, it's James Altucher. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love, I haven't heard Altucher, but I love Gladwell's podcast. Same, I do. So good. So good. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's one of the two. I'm not very sure. This was in like, this. I listened to that specific episode. I think it was right around Memorial Day weekend-ish, right before, it was like a couple of weeks before Memorial Day, like two weeks before Memorial Day weekend. So those two podcasts have been super, super helpful. Um, Octavia Butler's books, very helpful. The interviews that I do, really, really helpful in just being solid in that intention. Um, so yeah, those are, I would say those are being my biggest resources for sure. And also people like you, the conversations we have. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love talking to you so much. I don't always like to talk, but I love talking to you. (laughs) I feel the exact same way. I do not love to talk, but talking to you is great. (laughs) I'm glad we have that. Thank you so much for talking to me in this capacity. Um, Time is precious always, even when it is no construct, (laughs) because we're in a pandemic. Intentional. But uh, I, yeah, I appreciate you and all you do and your intention in yourself it translates into your intention and the stamp you leave on the world
Thank you so much for joining us. You can connect with us on Instagram at WokeBeauty or me at Riley Blanks and learn more at WokeBeauty.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot. Until next time, have a beautiful day, even if it's not that beautiful. Oh.